Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Wow. Things are happening today. Things are happening today. Wow. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Glory to God! Glory to God! Glory to God! Psalms 5, verse 11 says, But let all those that rejoice put your, their trust in you. Let them never shout for joy because you defendeth them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous and will favor you, will surround him with a shield. He said that if you are trusting in the Lord, one thing you'll do is you'll rejoice and you'll shout and you'll be glad. Do we have any rejoicers here today? Is anybody here glad today? Do you know that he's faithful today? Psalms 35, verse 27 says, Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause and let them say continually, Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants and my tongue shall speak of your righteousness and of your praise all day long. He said, Let them shout for joy and be glad all these that are righteous. How many righteous pe- people do we have today? The Bible says that when the righteous do rejoice, the house is filled with glory. When the righteous rejoice, the house is filled with glory. And I found out that my Bible says all of my needs are met according to his riches and glory. And when the righteous rejoice, the house is filled with glory. And the Bible says that my my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And when the righteous rejoice, the house is filled with glory. And all of my needs are met according to his riches and glory. Psalm 67 verse 5 says, let the people praise thee, O God, let all the people praise thee. Then shall the earth yield its increase. Right after praising God, God said something will happen. And that is the earth yielding its increase. Is there anybody besides me that you expect to go into this new year with greater increase than you've experienced before? He said, let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Then shall the earth give up increase for you. And God, even our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us and all the end of the earth shall fear him. But he said, let the, let the people, the righteous people, rejoice and shout and be glad. And when we rejoice and when we shout and we just praise God, he said, I will cause the earth to give up increase to you. He didn't say you had to crawl on glass. Some of you would do it if he asked you to. He didn't ask you to give up your ski boat. For some of you in Florida, that's a big deal. He didn't ask you to give up fishing. He didn't ask you to give up your favorite thing. 
He said, if you'll just praise me, if you'll just rejoice and act like you've got the victory before you see it, if you'll just act like you're a faith person, if you'll just go ahead and act like the righteous, and if you put your trust in me and rejoice and shout and be glad, I will cause increase to come to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I'm just making sure you're the impact church that I remember. (laughs) Praise God. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're so glad to be with you today. Isn't it good to just rejoice and shout and praise God? Uh, Annie and I went to a chiropractor uh, some time ago. And, uh, you know, you can find out some things from the medical field. Maybe you knew or didn't know. And uh, the first thing that this, I mean, this, this doctor we saw has like a half of a million dollars worth of plaques on her wall for her training. Half a million dollars worth of diplomas. And we come to find out because we had a couple issues in our body and some tension and some, and uh, one of the things they, this lady said, well, you know, to Annie, uh, uh, well, this, this situation, you guys, because of... Uh, your stress. And she goes, oh, no. Yeah, how do you manage stress? And she goes, I don't do stress. <laughs> Annie said, I don't do stress. I, I'm a child of God. And she goes, oh, no. You do stress or you wouldn't have this. And she goes, Annie goes, well, me and Jesus is going to have to have a little talk about that. <laughs> I mean, that's just unacceptable for us to have stress because the Bible says cast all, not some. He said cast all of your cares upon him. And once you give it to him, hello, then you don't have them anymore. But you know how we do sometimes. We come to good services and all. We, you know, put all of our cares in our hands like Dr. Dufresne used to do. Let's put all your cares right here. Now, on the count of three, we're going to toss and get rid of all of our cares. And everyone goes like this. And then you go out to your car and you pick them up again. You, you know, uh, this, this chiropractor said, you know, uh, we're going to have to help you in some areas. First of all, uh, take a, a big breath. And, he did, and, and, the, and the chiropractor said, you're not breathing correctly. It's like, well, I'm alive, aren't I? <laughs> you know, I mean, so far I've made it to this point. They go, no, you're not, you're not breathing. I found out I'm, a, I'm a, tr- a trumpet player and... Same thing to me. They said, you're not breathing correctly. I thought, uh, this is going to be one test I'm going to pass, right? Trumpet player, studied breathing. Well, during COVID, I stopped playing my trumpet, got on the road, and passed out in the pulpit, hit my head on the pulpit, and had a little pool of blood there at the pulpit. Yeah, that was a a beautiful service. Went to the emergency room. And uh, come to find out, because I wasn't breathing right, I passed out. And so I found out I wasn't breathing right. You know, there's things that uh, we think we know, you know, and, and, but the thing is, uh, you may not be breathing right. Uh, you, now, you're here, you breathed enough to, to keep breathing to live, but you know what? God's got always more things for us to learn, to grow. How many of you know we, we haven't seen it all yet? How many believe that the best is yet to come? Amen. Amen. You know, uh, I, I was uh, thinking back on someone told me that the millennials, you know, they got the millennials and then you got the generation, uh, what is it, 
X and then the generation Z and uh, all these things. And uh, they, they, they surveyed the, the millennials and found out that their biggest fear, their biggest concern was losing power on their mobile devices. That was the biggest, not, not public speaking, not swimming with sharks. Their biggest concern was losing power for their mobile devices. How many of you have a mobile device? How many of you are pretty protective of your mobile device? And if, and if it cracks or you think it might have messed up to where you can't use it, how many of you have, a, a, you have to resist the temptation of maybe going into a little bit of a panic mode of, of all the things that you're not going to maybe be able to do? And so their biggest concern was losing power. I thought, wouldn't it be something that the church was that concerned about losing power? Wouldn't it be amazing if you as a believer, a child of God, you got really concerned if you weren't topped off with being filled with the Holy Ghost, with speaking other tongues, walking and aware of God's presence on your life, and that you're able to do things on a supernatural level with God because you have a covenant, because you, you have a relationship with the one who has every answer, every supply, has everything you'll ever need inside of you waiting to be activated. Hallelujah. Well, Impact Family Church, wow. 40, 42 years, almost 43 years. And we've been sort of a part of, involved, back when I think it was 83 was the first time with the Raymond Sears of Band, Annie and I visited the the church, the building with all the stairs going up to it. Is that building still there? Is it a church still? I remember unloading all the, the equipment from the, the big truck. We thought, we saw all those stairs, and we went, oh, my goodness. We had all these anvil cases, you know, heavy things, you know. But thank God we had these long tractor-trailer ramps that we went straight from the end of the truck right up to the top ledge, and it's like, hallelujah for those ramps because the, in the stairways. But I just think about all the moves of God that this ministry has seen. This, this church, not just the buildings, but this family. The things that we have together as a church family, as you, as a church family at Impact Family Church, the things that you've encountered. I, I, I trust that you are utilizing all the tools the revelation, who you are in Christ, the power of the Holy Ghost. You found out you're in covenant with El Shaddai, the one who is not just able to take care of all of his children, but he can supersede, override, accelerate, reverse natural laws if need be. For just one person who has a covenant with him, who believes him, he'll cause someone who can't even have a child, have a child. Someone who can't see, see. Someone who doesn't have a job, have a job. Someone who, it seems like it as absolutely they come to the end of the road, it looks impossible, and El Shaddai reserves the right to override Elif, everything that Elohim, the creator of all natural laws, he can supersend that, he can supersede natural laws, cause the sun and the moon to stand still, cause an axe head to swim to the top of the water, ca- cause uh, a virgin Mary to have a, give birth to the very... Son of God, 
and anything and everything you'll ever need when the doctor said, there's no way we never see anything like this. There's no, we've never heard of any answer for this. You can say, thank God I'm in covenant with a God who can do the, the impossible. For man, with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. We, we as faith people and filled with the Holy Ghost people and righteous people, I tell you, we, we ought to be excelling through life. And so uh, today, we're just going to have a great time in God. Is that okay? You all ready to have a fun ride? There was a church that we went to in several weeks, probably six weeks before we went to this church up in Connecticut. The pastor was ministering to the congregation about hearing better. Hearing better. I, I was ministering at Rhema one time, and I was talking about the importance of what James says, that if you're a hearer of the word and not a doer, you deceive yourself. And uh, I was looking in the back of the building at Rhema, that big auditorium, 4,000 seats, and I looked at the, the bookstore in the back, and I thought, wow. Brother Hagen's entire library is in that store right there. And as I said that scripture, uh, if you hear the word and you're not a doer of that word, I was looking at that bookstore and I thought, you know what, this rhema, I said it out of my mouth and, and afterwards I thought, did I just really say that at rhema? I said, you know, this could be the most deceived place on planet earth. Thank you. God bless you. I said that right in front of Hagen's. I said, this could be, the, could be the most deceived group of people on planet Earth. And the reason why I believe that came out of my mouth was, it's possible that us Word of Faith people, as far as knowledge and revelation, things that we've heard, things that we received, we got a lot to be accountable for. Uh, the Holy Ghost had me say this not too long ago, that the only way that you can be a proper hearer of the word is to hear with the intent to do. The only way you can hear the word appropriately is to hear with the intent of doing it. It cannot be hearing with the excitement of, now I know, I know that. There are things that impact family church. Is it okay if I just dig dig up out of my spirit and just how, however it comes out? To, is that okay? I can do that here, right? Uh, I, I was just at a church over this New Year's Eve service. We did a New Year's Eve service. And the Lord started speaking to me about this pastor in the church, about the hand of the Lord coming upon me. The hand of the Lord resting on them. And as I looked through some scriptures, I saw that any time the hand of the Lord is on a congregation or on a pastor, the hand of the Lord, there was always a, uh, an empowerment with that. And they're getting ready to go into a big building program. And do you all remember that? How old is this building? 20 years ago. Wow, it seems like yesterday. 
And uh, they're getting ready to go in this program, and I said, the hand of the Lord has come upon you. And when the hand of the Lord comes upon you, provision, abilities, uh, it's like reinforcements come. It's, it's an empowerment. You look through different battles in the Old Testament. Uh, when the hand of the Lord was, was upon God's people, they always overcame. And I was thinking about what the Lord had just had me minister last weekend, and I started about, what about Impact Church? It's like they're not in a building. But I sensed the Lord saying, but the hand of the Lord is coming upon you in a new way. I want to say the hand of the Lord. The hand of the Lord will cause you to do things that you weren't able to do in your own strength and in your own ability. It's like, so what is that hand of the Lord for if you're not in a building program? I, I believe it's for greater influence. And I believe it's for souls. I, I see way too many empty chairs. This is a ministry of depth of 40 years. And there's about 100 to 110 people in this room. I just took a guess. 40 years. You're in a town where there's a university to be reached. And they got new harvest coming in every year. I'm not saying anything right now that I had planned to say. But I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm going to be the delivery boy. But I believe the hand of the Lord is coming upon this church for growth, not for growing buildings, but for growing people. Not just the depth of people. You've already been provided for. There is a, there is a, there is a place to go forward and multiplication because if I can say this, and, and I believe you'll believe this. You know, Annie and I, we are professional visitors. We visit churches for a living. And I don't know, but very, very few churches that are as solid and deep as this church. And that's because of your leaders. Wow, are you not blessed? But you know what? If we're just a club and we just know God better than everybody else, that's unacceptable. And there is a harvest. I, I tell, I'm not telling you anything that I'm not participating in. I, I'm, I'm constantly, Annie will tell you, and I, I don't want to get distracted by telling you just my testimonies of how I'm reaching out to people. But I, I'm. I'm Pretty quick, and I'm not one of these uh, big soul-winning evangelist-type people holding crusades and, you know, all about just hundreds and thousands of people getting saved. I, I do a lot on my own, just one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, I just thought this morning, I thought, what if, if every person at Impact Family Church, every person in this room, was responsible for just getting one person saved? What if... How many of you believe you, you have enough relationship with Jesus? And Jesus, God has done enough for you 
that somehow you could find it within yourself to be passionate enough, excited enough to not keep it to yourself and to tell other people what Jesus means to you and how it has impacted your life. Get one person saved this year. One reaching one. And just do something in an effort to mentor them and connect them, get them hooked up. This church could double this year. God bless you. Drive safely. I'm just going to go sit down over here. There's this church in Connecticut I was telling you about before we got there. They were talking about when the Durants come to our church, let's hear, let's believe God to hear more and better than we've ever heard before. Let's believe God that we'll hear on a level we've never heard before. Because if, if, we, if we've heard a lot and know a lot without matching the revelation with responsible action, then we could be lulled into a form of deception we're not even realizing we're in. I believe this church has great participation with God. Matter of fact, uh, I was looking over the congregation as we were worship, worshiping. And uh, it's Brother Stephen, right? Uh, I, I know Brother Stephen a little bit, but it was such a, a blessing this morning for what the worship team brought. Because I, I just want to tell you, and I'm not just trying to lift you up in front of the congregation, but that was one of the best worship services I've been in in a very long time. Wow. I almost felt like I didn't want to get up and minister. And then your pastors get up and do their dynamic dual stuff and <laughs> preach and the fire flames are coming off Aunt Pastor Angela's head. And I thought, why are we even here today? And I thought, that was pretty good. And then Pastor Greg gets up there and preaches on like one of the most awesome, making it look so easy, preaching on tithing and giving and how blessed you are. I thought, why are we here today? I mean, the seasonness of this ministry astounds me. Dear Lord, I don't think you guys know what you, you've got. I don't know if you, you really get it. You're so used to this. Wow. It's so clean here. It's so safe here. I mean, you know, Pastor Ed's not going to put up with anything the devil's got going on. I mean, I mean, they've already beat cancer, both of them. If they beat that, they can, they can take care of any false religious, false devil, demonic spirit coming. They've, they've already, they, you know what? There's a group of people that won't be comfortable here. I'm just saying, if you want to be a loser, you will not be comfortable here. If you want to hold on to sickness and disease, you will not be comfortable here. If you want to stay in lack and poverty and small thinking, let me just tell you, you won't be, it'll be hard to make it and stay at this church. They're not going to let you stay the way you are. 
They're not going to let you have life and life mediocrely. They're not going to let you miss it. They're not going to let you not know the flow of the Holy Ghost. They're not going to accept failure in your life. Isn't that right, Brother Doug? Where's Brother Doug? I said as I got out of the car, I looked at Brother Doug. I said, you've been here a, you've been here a while, haven't you? He goes, I've been in a few services. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've, been, I've been at a few services. Seen a lot of things, haven't you, Brother Doug? Seen a lot of things. You've seen how your, your pastors and their family have navigated through every, every trial, every situation. I believe there's things that God wants to say and do, but we got to be ready to hear them. We need to hear on a level. Can you remember the first time you found out in the Word of God? But my God shall supply all of my needs. And if I ask anything in Jesus' name, that he'll do it. And it brings him great joy to do it if you ask him. He delights in your prosperity. Can you remember the first time the the word of faith came to you? Can you you remember how it lit you up? Can you remember? Can you go that far back where you, that, that first time you had that aha moment with God, like, wow, the word is sharper than any two edged sword. Sharp, sharper, able to be like a surgeon, can go between the bone and the mirror. Know the intentions of the heart. It's quick and powerful. It's alive. His word is alive. His word is alive. Every word God speaks is alive. It's not alive to you for just knowledge. We want to make it powerful. We don't want to be that church that has a form of godliness and denies the power. I want to encourage you with some words. We'll get to a message here eventually. But uh, I seem to can't get off of, uh, you know, this the whole COVID thing. You know, we haven't been, we haven't been here three years maybe. We weren't here during the COVID any time. And, uh, our hearts were saddened, not that it shocked us ministers, but our hearts were saddened of how poorly the church responded to the whole COVID thing. Now you say, well, Kevin, it's over now. Not as far as I'm concerned. Because we, we got a little cleanup on all seven. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? There, there, there was a big mess in the church because there's a lot of pastors, they had to close down not because they believed in closing down, because the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourself together, especially as the day of the Lord approaches. How many of you believe that verse? That's in the Bible. I mean, you know, that's in the Bible. But, but the thing is, we had government oversight. Government, I call it the government trying to take back what doesn't belong to them, trying to regulate the church and say that you can't even shout and praise God and rejoice in church because you might, you might, you might spit out something that gets on somebody else. Well, see, my Bible says that these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They'll lay hands on the sick, and they'll get COVID. 
Is that what it says? No, no, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say they'll get COVID. It says these signs shall follow them that believe, believers, not just Christians, because I believe there's a big difference between believers and Christians. We got a lot of non-believing Christians. Matter of fact, our job is oftentimes ministering to unbelieving Christians. But during the COVID, some, even in this place, if, you know, you guys shut down for a little while? No shutdown. See, this is John Wayne in the spirit realm right here. John Wayne in the spirit realm. Thank God for people like you. This is why we like these guys so much. I mean, they just don't take it from, I mean, you know, Rodney Howard Brown, uh, you know, that, that sheriff came in and arrested him, took him off the jail. That same sheriff came back to church and apologized to the whole congregation for overstepping their constitutional rights. And in the back room, begged Rodney to not sue his pants off. Yeah, yeah. But see, a lot of churches had to shut down because half the congregation believed in science. Because they're following science. I never saw one scripture. I keep looking at the scriptures, and I still have not found one scripture that says follow the science. On top of a mass that doesn't work. That has been well proven. And I, I mean, I could talk about surveys and all that, and d- don't need to take the time that. You know it. God knows it. The devil knows it. It's just the people that don't know it is the people walking their dog outside by themselves, jogging, still wearing a mask. You know what? I'm not making this up. You've seen it. But a lot of these pastors, they had to shut down their services. Brother Rodney didn't hurt him a bit. He went from 4,000 followers to 4 million followers to his ministry. They went from hundreds of thousands of dollars to their ministry to millions coming in. They had to write letters to people, please send your tithe to your church. Well, our church shut down. We're sending our tithe to you because we're being pastored by you now. But there's a lot of churches they had to shut down because the people said, the government says, follow the science, and we believe you're not smart enough, wise enough to understand these natural, wise things. So if you try to have a service, we're out of here. Well, what you just told me is you don't understand your covenant. You just told me you don't have no knowledge of the atonement. You just told me you don't believe in the power of the Holy Ghost, which is dynamis, dynamite, explosive, mighty, miracle-working power. The same power that Jesus walked on this earth with is the same Holy Ghost you and I get because the Holy Ghost is not twins or triplets. There's only one Holy Ghost and the same one that Jesus did all of his miracles with on this earth is the same Holy Ghost that you get in Acts chapter 2 verse 4 when he says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. So you obviously don't know anything about being filled with the Holy Ghost and a lot of people still don't want to know anything about being Filled with the Holy Ghost. So you don't know anything about the name that's above all other names. We just sang about it. That's why, I mean, did, did you see how many services, how many songs we sang about the name, the power of the name? You know, Christopher Alum, you know, he, he's a minister that's getting started. I believe, I believe God's going to use him. Just believe he keeps obeying God. You know, he said, uh, 
he preached in a crusade not long ago, and he's talking about with the woman with the issue of blood, which is a tremendous teaching about the woman with the issue of blood. For she said, if I can just touch his garment, I shall be whole. Well, that's a good teaching, good, good to know that. But he said that night he, he spoke on that message. He goes, they had very few healings and miracles that night. So he's talking to the Lord about that. He says, he said, the, the fire never falls on a dry sacrifice. He goes, a dry altar. He said, the fire never falls on a dry altar. He said, don't forget to preach the blood. It's when the blood was applied, that's when the fire fell. Good to know. But see, there's a lot of churches that they don't know anything about the blood. That's too messy to talk about the blood. I was golfing one day, and it was right after that movie, The Passion, came out. When it first came out, I was on the tee box with a, a man, and he found out I was a minister. Somehow, we got to talking about The Passion movie. He goes, you know, that was too gory. They didn't have to show all that. I said, my brother, they didn't show enough. Because what Jesus went through on that cross, you couldn't even see what all he went through. He took every temptation, every care, every burden, the shame, the guilt, everything that you will ever possibly go through in your life. He took all of it. He didn't just take stripes. He didn't just take a beating. He took all of your sin, and it was laid upon him. If you could have only seen or had it described to you, all that Jesus, I don't know if you would have been able to take that. But the blood, there's power in the blood. There's power in the name. There's power in the Holy Ghost. I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. You know, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Whatever you're ashamed of will not be power to you. If you're empowered of divine healing, don't worry. It's going to be a long time before you get healed. If you're ashamed of Holy Ghost prosperity, where it's a law that God, if you're ashamed of prosperity, don't be concerned. You'll probably stay broke the rest of your life. We're not ashamed. I know this church isn't ashamed of, of, of God delighting in the prosperity of his servants. I know. This church, we have never been here without one of the biggest offerings of the year. Never, not once. And I, I, and I know, I just believe, not that we're out there talking about it, but I, I know this, this church is a giving church. You know what that tells me about you? That tells me your heart is open to God. Brother Greg touched on that. But it's so true. Wherever your heart is, that's where your treasure is. Wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart... When a church is big givers, that lets me know your heart's way open to God. Matter of fact, I was in uh, St. Louis, and uh, we are at this church. Dr. Dufresne used to go to this church, and since he passed away, they, they heard about Annie and I and our ministry, and that we like to yield and flow with the Holy Spirit, and he had us in. And right before we went out to, the car, to, to minister, he said, oh, by the way, Kevin... Uh, our people haven't been giving uh, in some time. Uh, it's just something we're going through, but they haven't, they're, they're, they're not giving very good right now. I thought, why is he telling me that right before I? Is there a reason why he's telling me that? But the Holy Ghost came up on the inside of me, and I said to him, I said, Pastor, I said, that's about to change. 
I said, the only reason why these people aren't giving right now, according to your words, is because their heart got closed. At some point, their heart shut down and they're receiving from you, from the Lord. I said, you watch what the anointing does in this meeting. You watch what happens. Their heart's going to get open and they're going to start giving again. Got in the back room after the last service. He handed me an offering. He goes, you know, I mean, they had like all kinds of names, you know, preaching at their church. He goes, Kevin, this is the largest offering we've ever given anybody. I went, glory to God. Not just because we were blessed to receive it, but that their heart got open. You see, when wherever your heart is, your treasure, your, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Amen. So we went back a year later. He handed me another offering at the end of the service. He goes, you know, you remember I told you that was the last, the last that offering was the best, biggest offering we've ever given. He goes, it wasn't. He goes, this one is. I thought, praise God, things are working. They either like us or their heart's getting open. I, I, you know, I feel that way about this church. I, I'm so grateful to you guys, Pastor Ed and Angela, for believing in us, trusting us. It really is. I want to say it in front of your congregation. What, what an honor to know you guys. I mean, you guys are the cream, cream of the cream, as they say. Uh, you guys are extraordinary. You know, I, when Bruce and passed away last year, was it last year, April, September? Oh, then the, the funeral, uh, yeah. You know, I, 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 here we are after the funeral. You know, the Hagans were there, the Hankins were there. The Burzees were there, Del Turcos from Massachusetts. And we, we had a few words we shared on, in that service. We get to the church, and I see Pastor Angela. She's wiping tables. She's serving people. I thought, this is why they are who they are. I'm doing some stuff here today that I didn't even share those scriptures yet. I just had a, a text from uh, Cindy Black. She said, I guess, Annie, was it you? Was it on your text? Can, can I see that real quick? I'll go back to my scriptures here. I'm going to read this from. Uh, so uh, Cindy said to Annie, she said, uh, we're going to be with, Ed, with Ed, Pastor Edwin and Angela this weekend. She goes, ah, she goes, I love those guys. Man, they, they were amazing help up to us, like amazing. I don't know that anybody could have done that but somebody so seasoned. He was amazing, and he had exact right on word right after Bruce went home, like amazing. I will forever and ever and ever be thankful and grateful for them. About your pastor. So there's a lot of people. You know, we're in this for the long haul with each other. Thank you for letting us be a part. Can I read a verse to you? I don't even know what I was last talking about. I'm just kind of throwing, maybe you'll get something today. Hmm. Uh, during the whole COVID thing, you know, a lot of people were 
you know, pushed to their homes. Some churches got persecution for even meeting in the parking lot, having outdoor church, because they were the cars were parked too close and their windows were open. I'm not making this up. Jesus said this in John chapter 16. I, you know, I don't want to scare you with these words. I want to encourage you with these words. But we're in the last days. Y'all figured that out? And, and uh, the spirit of Antichrist is working overtime. I was going to go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, where starting with verse 1 through verse 5, it talks about all the evil that's going to come and is here. But without reading all that ugly stuff that is on the scene right now, because, you know, I, I, I turn the news on for five minutes, and it, it's hard for me as American. And thank God God's not a Republican. Thank God he's not a Democrat. Thank God God's not an American. Did you know God's not an American? He really, he really isn't, you know. And, and you know what? He's got the whole world in his hands. I said he's got the whole world in his hands. And, and God's got a master plan for the last days. And, and we're able to be a part of it. Did you hear Miss Angela get up here and just cause the hairs to raise up on your, you know, maybe today? One of these days we're going to be worshiping God and it's going to be our last time to worship him. One of these days we're going to be in the house of the Lord. It will be the last time you got to worship him on this earth. But here's what Jesus said. Jesus answered them, do you now believe? Do you believe it at last? But take notice the hour is coming and has arrived when you will all be dispersed and scattered. Every man to his own home, leaving me alone. Yet I am not alone because the father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace, confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustrations, but be of good cheer. Take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted. Everyone say undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of the power to harm you and have conquered it for you. The word undaunted means not discouraged, disheartened, but resolutely courageous, brave, undismayed, not faltering or hesitating because of fear or discouragement, not shaken or forced to abandon your purpose. Uh, An encouraging word for you today is, let's not abandon our purpose. With all the stuff that's going on in the world, You might think that the devil is pretty powerful. When you read the news, it's like, how could we protect other people's borders and not protect our own? I'm not trying to get political. I'm just saying things are upside down. And the spirit of Antichrist is in the world to work havoc. But there's coming a day, the Bible clearly says, what you and I are going to say about the devil when we see him for really who he is. So this verse is, is, is in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 15. The Living Bible says, oh, you've got to love this. But instead you will be brought down to the pit of hell, the devil, down to its lowest depths. Everyone there will stare at you and ask, can this be the one who shook the earth and the kingdoms of the, of the world? Can this be the one who destroyed the world and made it into shambles? 
who demolished its greatest cities and had no mercy on its prisoners. The kings of the nations lie in stately glory in their graves, but your body, Satan, your body is thrown out like a branch, like a broken branch. It lies in an open grave covered with the dead bodies of those slain in battle. It lies as a carcass in the road, trampled and mangled by horses' hooves. So one day, you and I, when we see the devil for who he really is, we're going to go, wow, he's nothing but roadkill. <laughs> you ever see a possum or an armadillo in the state of Florida on a hot highway? Smash, flatten, no life. You and I are going to say at one time when we see the devil for who he really is, he's nothing but roadkill. Psalms chapter 2, verse 1 through 6, just comforting you with these words to stay on course and not abandon your purpose. How dare the nations, Psalms 2, 1 through 6, how dare the nations plan a rebellion? Their foolish plots are futile. Look at how the power brokers of the world rise up to hold their summit as the rulers scheme and confer together against Yahweh and his anointed king, saying, let's come together and break away from the creator. Once and for all, let's cast off these controlling chains of God and his Christ. God enthroned merely laughs at them. The sovereign one mocks their madness. Then with the fierceness of his fiery anger, he settles the issues and terrifies them to death with these words. I myself have poured out my king on Zion, my holy mountain. So, at some point, when it gets crazy enough, God's going to have enough. He's going to have enough. And for those that are starward, undaunted, not abandoning your posts, staying with the word, staying with the move of the Holy Ghost, walking in the power of the Holy Ghost, you'll make it to the other side and you'll have abundant entrance into glory. I don't want the Lord to say, well, you're done. I want him to say, well done. How many of you want to hear the Lord say, well done? Hallelujah. Praise God. Talking about hearing like we've never heard before. You know, right before Jesus left in John chapter 16, Jesus said, I'm sending the Holy Spirit to you. He said, I've got many things I want to say unto you. Right before Jesus left, he said, I've got many things I want to say to you. He said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them. However, when he, the Holy Spirit, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. He will take of what is mine and declare it unto you or show it unto you. So in this short passage of verses, we have the Holy Spirit here to speak. And it says he'll guide us. And then it says he'll speak. And then he will lead us into all truth. And then he'll tell us. And then it, it says he will declare and then he will show us. There's a lot of Holy Spirit speaking, guiding, declaring, showing. And if, surely if any 
body of believers ought to be hearing and be sharp in the spirit. I just made a note of this. The Lord said to improve your hearing. Let me let me uh, make sure I, I get this right. I said what came up to my spirit was make a proper a priority to do. You'll see more and you'll hear more. If you don't feel like you're hearing from the Holy Spirit enough, then put more pressure on the doing part. And then the more you do the word, the more you'll see, you'll know, and you'll hear. Hallelujah. Hear, see, do. 1986, we were in Philadelphia, and Brother Hagen had Buddy Harrison join us on the crusade team. We were in Philadelphia. He wanted to introduce the group into the flow of the Holy Spirit. So he had Buddy come on the road and demonstrated with spiritual songs, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And I'll never forget the, the first time he pointed at Ray Jean in the service. He goes, go ahead and give that. And Ray Jean, like, had never, he never went to Ramah. He, he didn't know a whole lot about spiritual songs. And what was in his spirit was, I'm risen with Jesus and I'm seated in heavenly places. So Buddy says, Ray Jean, give that out. Sing that. And so he came up there, never done a spiritual song, never flowed with the Holy Ghost like that. And it's like, I'm risen with Jesus. I'm sitting in heavenly places. You know, one of these, you know, foot stomping songs. The heathen recognizes it. How about you? Went over, got done with that song, sat next to Annie and goes, was that spiritual? Was that, was that scriptural? He honestly didn't know that we've been risen with Jesus and we're, we're seated in heavenly places. So he, he sat down, down next to Annie and goes, was that scriptural? And she goes, scriptural. <laughs> but Buddy Harrison got up and ministered a message on what you hear is what you see. And what you see, you'll go do. You have to first hear but I believe God is wanting you to hear on another level you've never heard before. You know, we can go back 30 years ago and watch some services with Brother Hagen. Some of those services had the whole platform filled with people. Of course, Pastor Ed and Miss Angela's there. And I'm hearing Brother Hagen say things like, wow, I've never heard anything like that back at, you know, and then all of a sudden the camera shifts and it's, I'm sitting out there. I thought, wait a minute, I was in that meeting. But somehow we hear things differently as we progress. Impact Family Church, we ought to be hearing on a greater level. We ought to be entering into the realm of the spirit of seeing and knowing like we've never had before. And if we don't, we're going to miss out on something amazing. You know, Jesus said, I, I seem to keep going back to this. Jesus said, if you follow after me, I'll make you fishers of men. If you're not being fishers of men, you must not be following very closely. You know, I, mean, I, I tell you, you know, uh, I, when, when ministers talk about like soul winning and witnessing and all that kind of thing, you, you can almost feel like a little darkness come over the like, oh, here we are again. Tell people about Jesus. What would Jesus do? I mean, you can almost feel it. It ought to be exciting for you. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. I'll give you the offering back. 
If you got one person saved in the next three months, it will light you up. I'm telling you, it will light you up. And if you think that everyone's made up their mind, you you couldn't be further away from a little golfing buddy friend of mine, 16, 17 years old. I, I thought he was Catholic because so many people are Catholic in Orlando. So many Catholics. People from Venezuela, people from South America, people from Puerto Rico. I mean, uh, there's people on my street from India, from Germany. I mean, it's, it's a melting pot. It's international. A little different from here. But the, I've met a lot of people that are Catholic. Well, not every Catholic is born again. A lot of them aren't. Some of them are. And you don't know till yes. I mean, I my neighbor, uh, Indian, got the little red dot here on the forehead. Got a little conversation with her. She's a doctor. I said, uh, Prima, good Indian name, Prima. I said, Prima. I said, uh, do you believe in Jesus? She goes, absolutely. Well, I asked her the, the absolute born-again scriptures. She's all in. I said, you're born again. I can't, I can't find fault with you. I mean, you. Now, I don't know if she also subscribes to some other thoughts and beliefs from whatever, but I do know this. According to the word of God, she's saved, born again, on her way to heaven. She passed all my scripture tests. Well, listen, so many people. So we were off there, a little golf buddy, 17 years old. Phenomenal talent. Won some open for his his age group there in Orlando. Won the open. We're sitting at the table. I said, uh, uh, Bernardo, I said, uh, are you Catholic? I, it seems to me that I remember you being Catholic. He goes, oh, no. He goes, I'm Christian. I said, oh, I said, really cool. I said, you're a Christian. He goes, yeah, man, I'm a Christian. I said, well, tell me about that. How do you know you're a Christian? Come to find out. He couldn't even he couldn't pass the first test. He had no idea. He had no basis to believe he would ever go to heaven. And and but he's walking around saying, I'm a Christian. I'm acknowledging I'm a Christian. No, no. There's only there's not paths to God. There's one. Contrary to Oprah Winfrey, where she'll tell you there's paths to God. Well, I've got scripture that says, if anyone comes to you saying that there's any other way to the Father but by me, walk away. Walk away. There's Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father but by me. And if you read the Quran, they got the word Jesus in there, but it's not our Jesus. You talk to someone, anyway, we don't have time for that. My point is, the harvest is white unto harvest. And if Impact Family Church are not candidates that walk in revelation and empowerment and love, I mean, when the pastor said, why don't you, t- when, who was, you guys said, take a moment and just greet each other. Man, you guys were like passing out donuts and slap high, talking like, you're just neighbor. I mean, you, you guys take the fellowship thing really serious around here. It's awesome. So I know there's plenty of love in this room. Amen. I wonder if I'll regret this service. I don't know. I just not feeling it. You know what? To be in a church to hear, you can provide that first video if you would. I mean, Pastor Greg worked so hard. If we don't play one of these videos, I'm going to feel like we really messed up. But um, the man, fourthly, the man of God.
revolutionary life. I read a survey some time ago that says 93% of seminary students in that particular denomination wasn't the Southern Baptist, did not have a systematic devotional life. If I didn't have a systematic devotional life, I couldn't go on. I couldn't have a ministry. I don't know what you do. I don't know what you're in ministry for. Because that's where your power comes from. It's in your closet with God in the study of the Word. All right, you all get the idea? I want to I tell you that if one of your pastors are up here and they're preaching, the first step to hearing from God is you have to be awake. <laughs> first, number one. You know, and, and, and you have to be paying attention to what he's saying in here. Not just your physical ear. You know, I, I was riding the car one day and Annie was talking to me. And she stops and goes, Kevin, what do you think about that? I said, about what? <laughs> she says, Kevin, I've been talking for five minutes. If, if there's just two of us in the car and I'm talking, it's probably to you. <laughs> How many of you men have ever been caught not, not tuning into your, your wife? Listen, don't, don't you women start laughing too hard about it. Because uh, hey, it, it goes both ways, right? But I want to help some of you men out. You're going to thank me for this. I turned to Annie and I said, Annie, what you don't realize is you interrupted me. Because I was already in a conversation. Right here in my mind, I was deep. I was thinking things over. I was, you know, figuring out what I was going to do. I was, have, I was already in a conversation and you interrupted me. So now, when we're in the car, she sees that look on my face. She goes, uh, excuse me, uh, can I interrupt you a second? <laughs> she, well, I mean, this is for real. We do that. I mean, you, you thought, if you thought we had it all together, we really don't. Not, not, not on some of these areas. But she said, Kevin, you know, okay. So now, I mean, just the other day she did it. She goes, uh, excuse me. But she's, I said, wait a minute. Okay. Three, two, one. Okay, go. Go ahead. <laughs> To hear from the Lord, first of all, you have to, you have to be awake and you've got to be paying attention. Because we don't want you to have failure. Your pastors don't want you to have favor, a failure because we, we don't like the sheep getting into the same ditches they were at before. It's like a, there's a scripture in Proverbs that says, why do people do stupid things and ruin their lives and God always gets the blame? If you're walking in the light of the things that you've, hear, you've heard from this pulpit, then if you're a doer of the word, you won't be like this next critter. Here's a sheep got stuck in this ditch.
any sheep other church members that might don't raise your hand but do you do you know anybody like that like you give them instructions you try to help them you you know tell them what the word says and then pastor have you ever seen any of your never never heard never 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 um i want to tell you something here what what kind of stirred me and well this was one of the most different services but uh I know in my spirit we're, we're touching on things. I believe that. I'm going to keep saying that. I believe I helped them today. I'm going to just keep saying it. Um, a couple years ago, uh, we were getting ready to do, actually, we were going to minister at this same church in Louisville, Kentucky. And this particular church, it's like this church we would completely clearly say it is a word and spirit church, and this church we know the pastors enough to know they require and demand a prophetic voice at their church. Like you just can't come in with a teaching, you got to flow. And it would be helpful if you said exactly what the Lord said. <laughs> so we were getting ready, and uh, as I sometimes do at 4.30 in the morning, the Lord commonly wakes me up, and I'll have spiritual dreams. I'll, I'll see services before they have happen. And uh, I had... Mark chapter 4 come up in my spirit and when I woke up at 4.30 in the morning it was staring at me in the face take heed what you hear for what measure you meet the word you know Luke's gospel says take heed how you hear Mark 4 says take heed what you hear so the Holy Spirit emphasizing take heed what and how you hear the word for the measure that you meet, that's how it will be measured back to you. And two mornings in a row, that scripture came up in my spirit, Mark 4, 24. And uh, Annie and I, our date nights seem to be morning time having coffee together. And that's where we'll talk things out and we'll have, you know, good time fellowshipping and just we'll put the news on for five minutes and then we have to stop it and then we put our take on the world. We'll we'll hear what the world says, and then we'll say how it's going to be. And sometimes we don't get past five minutes. You know, usually the five minute at the beginning of news, they'll give you these these ticker things, uh, these teasers that get you to listen for the whole hour. Well, we can't hardly make it through all of that. We pause it, and we talk about the way it's going to be for us and for the world. And so uh, Annie looks at me. We're getting ready to have this service in Louisville, and she says, uh, would it be okay if I prayed and believed God that God would wake you up at 4.30 and tell you what we're supposed to minister to? Would that be okay? And I looked at her and said, hey, what's wrong with you getting up at 4.30 in the morning? Because she was used to me getting these things at 4.30 in the morning. So she said, well, we need one of those this weekend. So <laughs> thanks for the courtesy laugh. Appreciate it. So she asked me that, and I totally it didn't even cross my mind. I honestly did not remember to say what the Lord had wakened me up with. I mean, that scripture coming off the page. And I couldn't remember. Obviously, it didn't mean enough to me. And one of the reasons, to be honest, you know, for this new year, I, it wasn't cool enough. Take heed what you hear. Because it didn't rhyme. Because, you know, when it comes up to a new year, it usually has to rhyme. Got to rhyme. It's more prophetic. Everyone knows you're on it when you rhyme it. 
You can rhyme it. People think it's more anointed. I'm just saying. Or, yeah. And so, uh, you know, like a day afterward, I said, wow, the Lord had spoke to me about taking heed what you hear this next week. Because I was asking the Lord, Lord, what about this weekend service? What, what are you saying about the, this next year? He said, take heed what you hear for what measure you meet. It will be measured back to you. And I had to repent to the Lord for not valuing that word. I had to repent about that because, you know, it just wasn't cool. Just oh, more responsibility. But for those of us that have been at this for a while, if we get dull in performing and doing and acting upon the word, we'll be spiritually, sorry, constipated. And have a, a few blessings flowing. And I mean, your pastors, both times I've talked to them on the phone recently, it's like, man, our services are mm, good. People are really coming expecting and hungry. Hallelujah. But there's, there's more going forward. We got to hear on a level that we never heard. Can you show that next picture? We'll end with this. So I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. Everyone read that together. Happy New Year. You know, I believe that if you are really desiring for a new year, the kind of year that you would really like to experience, go to another level in God, so to speak. I know that's kind of cliche sounding. But if you want to go to greater heights and go further in God and faster in God and receive all the things that you, you are a candidate for, then the key for a new year this year will be hearing. I'm going to describe what happened here. So the Lord had just given me this verse, Mark chapter 4, verse 24, take heed what you hear. For what you hear, the measure in which you hear will be measured to you again. You know, James said that, you know, if you're a hearer and not a doer, you deceive yourself. I'm not interested in being deceived. How about you? So, this, this was already rolling around in my spirit. And you all know Tim Rogers. Has he ever ministered here? Tim and Rhonda one time? Well, he, he's a Ramah's director, Bible school. And really, he's over a whole big international region now. Uh, Tim Rogers in Mexico, good friend of mine. I'm sitting in the chair, my chair, in the hotel room next to the bed. And my Bible is literally open to Mark chapter 4, verse 24. And my phone pings. Ding! And all the way from Mexico, I'm getting ready to minister at this New Year's Eve service. Mark chapter 4, verse 24, take heed what you hear. And I open up this message from Pastor Tim, and that's the, the, the picture that he sends me. Happy New Year. Exactly. Nice. Only the Holy Ghost could be that cool. I'm, I've got Mark chapter 4, 24 open on my lap. That's the picture that comes. You can't make that up. I think the Lord was trying to say something. I'm, I'm getting your attention. I want you to know I need you to hear on a greater level than you have before. And the only way you can properly hear is to hear with the intention of doing it. If Impact Family Church this next year, but by the way, this service tonight that we're about to have is going to be amazing, and so you want to be here, it's going to be a lot better than this, this one. 
just, just saying. Because Annie's going to be ministering. It's going to be amazing. And she's got something to drop off here. So you don't want to miss it. You want to hear it. You want to experience it. And then we're going to let the power of God flow and let him do what only he can do. Amen? Can you be excited about that? Praise the Lord. Don't get, like, you know, intoxicated from a too big of a lunch that you just can't make it back. Just, you know, maintain some control and be ready to come back here. But the Lord is uh, taking us someplace, Impact Family Church, and the, gr- the greater things are about to happen. And the hand of the Lord shall rest upon you in a greater way. You're positioned for it. You qualify for it. The Lord wants to take you to that place where his hand can be seen upon you. The anointing never comes on you in some strong way when you're on the couch with the remote control. The power of God, his ability, his anointing, is the very moment you activate the anointing by stepping out and sharing your testimony. Brother Hagen used to have to talk about the Lord told him, Jesus, when he appeared to him, says, I'm giving you an anointing to minister to the sick. He said, this anointing's not in your head, it's in your hands. And then Jesus put the finger of his right hand in the palm of both of his hands, and when he did it, it burned like coals of fire. He says, now this new, new anointing, he goes, it will only work unless you, he goes, it won't work unless you tell the people. But if you'll tell them I appeared to you, told them I put the finger of my right hand in the palm of both your hands, and if they'll believe that, mix faith with that, when you minister to them by laying on hands, he goes, I will drive out that sickness and that disease, and they'll be cured. For years, I thought, Brother Hagen told that out of obedience. What I didn't realize was Brother Hagen told that testimony because every time he told it, it activated the anointing of the moment it happened. Friends, your testimony is God's testimony. God's testimony is your testimony. Every experience you've had in God originated from him. So when you tell your testimony, it's as though you're speaking the power of the word of God because he authored it. That's why when Brother Hagin would tell that testimony, that very moment, is sometimes even oil, he didn't talk about it and draw attention to it, but oil would drip from his fingers, never even talked about it. When he'd talk about that anointing, all of a sudden it would burn. He said, I sometimes have Annie the same way. She's going to be ministering with a similar anointing and even her own anointing since that time after all those times that Brother Hagin laid hands on her hands, her hands would burn, and then it turned into an electric current after that because of an experience she had when she left her body. And maybe she'll talk about that tonight again. But um, what I'm saying is the anointing of God on your life will be activated the moment you step out and share your testimony. It will activate the power. It will activate the anointing of the moment God did what he did for you. God bless you. Pastor. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. <clears throat> there were a lot of things Brother Kevin brought to us today. A lot of things. But if he hadn't come back around to this at the end like he did, I was going to. The most important thing to take away from today is when you hear the word, you have to hear it with the intention of doing it or it won't profit you. And by not doing it, 
you deceive yourselves because you think you have something that you don't have. So let that, let that sink in real deep from, from Brother Kevin and from me. When you hear the word, you have to hear it with the intention of doing it. Because faith without action, dead, dead. It's faith, but it's just lying there until you do it. And so if you have the intention of doing it, because the miracle is in the doing, the miracle is in the acting. That's when, that's when the power trans, that's when the power is transmitted is when you act in faith. And if you have the intention of acting, then you'll hear right because God will then give you the action that you need to take. Does that make sense? Let's all stand. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. That was so good, Brother Kevin. Thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we're grateful today. We're grateful, we're grateful, we're grateful. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. We're not just grateful that we heard. Maybe we came in not intending to act (laughs) what we heard, but we're intending to now. We're intending to now. And so we thank you, Lord, that, we, that we're hearing right. Glory to God. So we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, for instruction and correction that you give us that the men and women of God might be equipped to do what they're called to do. Glory to God. We thank you for that, Father. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.